Hey everyone, it's been a little, a little while, a little over a week, but uh, I hope you'll forgive me. Thanksgiving holiday, and I've actually been sick, and I'm still sick. I've had a cold for like a week. It sucks, but ah, the podcasting must go on. And um, oh yeah, I'd like to say um, I've got. I've noticed that I've got, you know, my subscriber number is growing modestly, but it's growing, and I like that, and I'm thinking that it must have something to do with reviews on iTunes. I have I have some good reviews on there. I'm really happy, and thanks a lot, you guys, but um, I'm, I just want to ask you, anyone who hasn't done that, if you like the show, um, please put a review up there and rate it, um, and again, thanks a lot if you already did. Really appreciate it. Um, yeah. You know, I figure, you know, not to be passive aggressive about it, but you know, I figure I've spent several days of time, you know, into this podcast. I think maybe if you're getting anything out of it, you could, I don't know, spend four, 45 seconds reviewing it on iTunes, you know, maybe write something, write something nice, you know, just, yeah, you could, you know, if you, if you have the time, it's, yeah, maybe just. No, uh, <laughs> I appreciate it. Thanks. Okay, uh, chapter 10 of... Uh, we're still on numbers. That's right. Yeah, Got to make more of these. Okay, uh, chapter 10. And the Lord spake unto Moses... What? Oh, no, yeah. that's That always happens. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Make thee two trumpets of silver, of a whole piece shalt thou make them that thou mayest use them for the calling of the assembly and for the journeying of the camps. And when they shall blow with them, all the assembly shall assemble themselves to thee at the door of the tabernacle of the congregation. And if they blow but with one trumpet, then the princes, which are the heads of the thousands of Israel, shall gather themselves unto thee. Uh-oh, getting some... When ye blow an alarm, then the camps that lie on the east parts shall go forward. When ye blow an alarm the second time, then the camps that lie on the south side shall take their journey. They shall blow an alarm for their journey. And uh, this is example number 235 of information we have absolutely no use for nowadays that God decided to put in his eternal, infallible book. And... Um, so it must mean something. So make sure to everybody memorize which different trumpet calls mean what. Because that must, I mean, it's in, he chose to put it in the greatest book of all time. So yeah, I'd memorize it, you know, along with the full construction of the tabernacle. Um, it must be very important in terms of your salvation. Otherwise, why would he have bothered? Anyway. But when the congregation is to be gathered together, ye shall blow, but ye shall not sound an alarm. And the sons of Aaron, the priests, shall blow with the trumpets, and they shall be to you for an ordinance forever throughout your generations. Forever, huh? Do uh, do Jews still respond if you just do a trumpet call? Do they like, do, the, do they, some of them go to the left, some of them go to the right? Is that... They still do that if you do a crowded street. Would all the Jews, if you blew a trumpet, would they all know? Was was this in fact an ordinance forever? No. Oh, okay. Well, then, what was the point of God saying it was in His freaking eternal book? I, I know it gets old, but it, I, 
<laughs> God just said, the infallible God, great God, awesome God that's God, just said, this shall be an ordinance forever that that you do this trumpet crap. Do people still do that? I've never heard of that. Please tell me if you, if they, you know, every, you know, everyone who believes in this book should still be doing that. God said, it, God, his own words, like he spoke and said this. God doesn't speak to us all the time. You know, it, it must have been important if he decided to tell us. <coughs> Ugh, sorry, yeah, I'm sick. You have to bear with me. And if ye go to war in your land against the enemy that oppresseth you, then ye shall blow an alarm with the trumpets, and ye shall be remembered before the Lord your God, and ye shall be saved from your enemies. Huh. I guess there's two conclusions we could come to from, from that verse. Either God is a lying sack of shit, or there's just a real shortage of trumpets during the Holocaust. One or the other. One or the other. Oh, oh, option three, uh, this book is bullshit. That's, I forgot that one. That's, that is option three. But those, what, one of those three options is it. God's full of crap, uh, or they ran out of trumpets, which I don't think is true. Uh, I don't think they just have like a four year, five year absence of trumpets. Not to, not to mention all the other times they've been persecuted against. I mean, if they really had these trumpets, like why weren't they just using them all the time? Is, are they not? God said forever, like, do, are, are we, sp God should be a bit more reliable than your average ex-girlfriend or something, you know, like, if he says, <laughs> maybe this is getting a little uh, cathartic here, no, if he says that he's going to do something forever, then I, I would think that since he's, you know, God, uh, that maybe uh, especially a timeless God too. <laughs> is it possible for a timeless God to make a promise and then not keep it? <laughs> is that, is that, can that happen? No, I don't think it really can. <sighs> yeah. Anyway, also in the day of your gladness, uh, and in your solemn days and in the beginnings of your months, you shall blow with the trumpets over your burnt offerings and over the sacrifices of your peace offerings, that they may be to you for a memorial before your... Ah, crap. It's cutting off the words again. Before your... Uh, we got to find out what that is. Hold on, let me open another another uh, site here that has it. That's weird that that started doing that all of a sudden. It just doesn't have the rest of the... Hmm. Before your... What was it? Before your... Before your God. Ha <laughs> ha. I am the Lord your God. Whew. Thank God we found that. Uh, and it came to pass on the 20th day of the second month. In the second year. Oh, yeah. After. <laughs> so after this. Uh, um, so God gives them just a sum up. God. Mm, sorry. I got to drink my various uh, beverages here. Uh, God's given these trumpets to, you know, they can sound them whenever they're in trouble or they need to win a war or something. So I'm guessing after this, Moses, the next day, uh, Moses, yeah, Moses was like, thanks God. That's thanks. That's really great. And the next day, um, you know, Moses, Moses, we're under attack. Moses says, ah, no matter. Simply, uh, grab those trumpets there and, and, uh, sound the call that the Lord told us to do. Oh, oh okay. I... <laughs> 
Uh, anytime now, anytime you want to do that, call, and then uh, the Lord will... Uh, are you are you, just, are you kidding right now, or what? What is that you're doing? I, I can't do that. I can't do Moses. Here, you try. You try. Maybe you're because you're Moses. Maybe you're the only one. Okay, I'll try. Hold on. I don't, I don't understand. Is there a booklet or something? Can we find a booklet? Is that did that? Is there, uh, there's a booklet. Okay. These instructions are all in Spanish. How are we supposed to... He didn't teach us how to play this damn thing. <laughs> ah, this thing is unplayable. I can't... Yeah. If anyone ever tried to play a trumpet when they were a kid, that's, how... <laughs> that's usually how... <laughs> uh... Anyway, uh, and it came to pass on the 20th day of the second month, uh, in the second year, that the cloud was taken up from off the tabernacle of the testimony... Uh, and the children of Israel took their journeys out of the wilderness of Sinai, and the cloud rested in the wilderness of Paran. And they first took their journey according to the commandment of the Lord by the hand of Moses. In the first place went the standard of the camp of the children of Judah, according to their armies. Oh, sorry, something messed up here. Where did I go? Oh, there it is. And over his host was Nash, Nashon. You're not missing anything. Nashon, the son of Achmedinejad. And over the host of the tribe of the children of Issachar was Nathaniel, the son of Zuar. And over the host of the tribe of the children of Zebulun was Eliab, the son of Hilon. And the tabernacle was taken down, and the sons of Gershon, by the fifteen or 20,000 people he assigned to it, uh, and the sons of Gershon, the sons of Merari, set forward, bearing the tabernacle. And the standard of the camp of Reuben set forward according to their armies, and over his host was Elizur, the son of Shidur. And over the host was the tribe of the children... Sorry, over the host of the tribe of the children of Simeon was Shilimil, the son of Zurishadai. <sighs> so now it's going to tell us who, what person was over what tribe, and as usual, who cares? Who cares? And the Kohathites set forward bearing the sanctuary, and the other did set up the tabernacle as they came. And the standard of the camp of the children of Ephraim set forward according to their armies, and over his host was Elishama, the son of Amahud, and over the host of the tribe of the children of Manasseh was Gamaliel, the son of Peter. Just fast forward a couple uh, couple seconds. I'll keep reading, but you just, just, just fast forward the little, little button on uh, iTunes there. Or if you're on an iPod, just kill yourself because there's no way you can fast forward on it. You, you have to try to select the thing and then move the wheel. And it's impossible. There's no way. And over the host of the tribe of the children of Benjamin was Abaddon, the son of Gideoni. And the standard of the camp of the children of Dan set forward, which was the re-reward, re-reward of all the camps throughout their hosts. And over this host was Alzheimer, sorry, Ahazer, Ahazer, the son of Amishadai. And over the host of the tribe of the children of Asher was Pagiel, the son of Akron. I hope you're getting all this. And over the host of the tribe of the children of Naphtali was 
If you were thinking a hero the son of Enon, you were right. You were right. Ten points. Thus were the journeyings of the children of Israel according to their armies. Uh, their, their armies aren't very reliable, but, uh, but according to them, uh, when they set forth. And the Moses, uh, and the Moses, and Moses said unto Hobab, the son of Ragiel, the Midianite, somebody he just made up, Moses' father-in-law, we are journeying in unto the place of which the Lord said, I will give it to you. Come thou with us and we will do thee good for the Lord hath spoken concerning Israel. And he said unto him, I will not go, but I will depart to mine own land and to my kindred. And he said, Leave us not, I pray thee, for as much as thou knowest how we are to encamp in the wilderness, and thou mayest be to us instead of eyes. And it shall be, if thou go with us, yea, it shall be, that what goodness the Lord shall do unto us, the same we will do unto thee. And they departed from the mount of the Lord three days' journey, and the ark of the covenant of the Lord went before them in three days' journey to search out a resting place for them. I don't understand. So so his father-in-law just said, like, all right, well, I'm out. Um, we're almost to the, to the land of the Canaanites that God promised you, so we're just going to sort of peace out there. Uh, but have fun with all that. And then Moses says... Um, why don't you come with us? And they say, nah. And he says, well, please come with us. And then it doesn't say what happened after that. So I guess we're to assume that they decided to go or doesn't say. It just says, ah, and then they departed. And they say, yeah, I don't know. Anyway. <sighs> and the cloud of the Lord was upon them by day. And they, uh, when they went out of the camp, and this must have been like a Wayne's World thing whenever they see a cloud. If you remember the last couple chapters or whatever it was, they, they, they have to stay put when there's a cloud or something. Cloud! Cloud! Everyone! There's the 600,000 people. Cloud! Hey, everyone! Sit down! Stop! Stop moving! Don't move! Stop moving! There's a cloud! We're under a cloud! Stop! And uh, a few hours or days or months of that cloud moves. Oh, hey! Okay, the cloud's gone! Game on! Game on! So, uh, that's how that went. And it came to pass when the ark set forward that Moses said, Rise up, Lord, and let thine enemies be scattered, and let them that hate thee flee before thee. Let them that hate thee flee before thee. Who who hates God right now? I don't understand what that could mean. How has, how has anybody else heard of God at this point? It, has God, you know, selected a bunch of other prophets to whom he, you know, like around the world... Uh, Native American prophets, different, you know, like Aztec ones, like everybody, and he performed miracles for them, and they were like, yeah, that's pretty cool, but I don't know, there's just, ah, it's just something I don't like about you, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm, I don't, I hate you, I, I don't know, I can't explain it, I just hate you, like, if there's anyone else who knows that he's an all-powerful God, nay, that he's the only all-powerful God, Literally the ruler of the universe. If there's anyone else who really knows that, which I would, I would argue that someone would have to know you to hate you. You can't just say, I hate uh, a possible person that I don't know exists, but I hate them. I would say that's kind of impossible. So if anybody knows the all-powerful God, I don't think they would really be hating him all that much. I mean, uh, assuming he's real. Of course, I hate him, but that's because he's fake. But if he was real... You know, which we're to assume the Bible's taking itself seriously here. 
Uh, would anybody who knows him be like, oh man, ah, hey Bruce, you know that all-powerful god that could literally do anything he wants to us at any time and is is going to kill us and punish us for an eternity if we don't worship him? Yeah. Yeah, I freaking hate that guy. Ah, oh, yeah, me too. Man, I, I, I really don't like him. He's a kind of a, kind of a little turd. Gotta say, to be honest with you, I, I totally agree. I completely agree with you on that one. Would anybody? Is that really what's going on? Like, do people really hate the Lord at this point? Like, who would fit that description? Maybe the Egyptians, uh, I guess, but that's not who they're talking about because they already left the Egyptians. But <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. And when it rested, he said, Return, O Lord, unto the many thousands of Israel. Well, that was the end of that. Um, Okay, next chapter. Chapter 11, which does come after chapter 10. Ah! All right, I'm ready for some chapter 11. Bankruptcy. And when the people complained, it displeased the Lord. And the Lord heard it, and his anger was kindled, and the fire of the Lord burnt among them, and consumed them that were in the uttermost parts of the camp. And the people cried unto Moses, and when Moses prayed unto the Lord, the fire was quenched. So, <laughs> wait, what? So so people start bellyaching a little bit, and God just, you know, lights them on fire, because that's, that's what you do. And and uh, and then then Moses prays, and what is Moses saying exactly? Like, <clears throat> dear Lord, dear Lord, uh, hallowed be Thy name. Um, <clears throat> I know that uh, the people in this camp can can be jerks sometimes, but I I just if you please if you could find it in your heart um, to stop uh, lighting them on fire spontaneously uh for me i i would i would be very grateful and i i would forever uh, uh worship you if you just do that that one little thing for me amen and 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 so he stops like what <laughs> what does that say about god like moses has to talk him down from time to time you know like no god they're not worth it they're not worth stop burning them they're not just just stop you know, like like God has a light light people on fire first, ask questions later policy. You know, I, I, don't, know, I don't know. I don't get it. And he called the name of the place Tabera ugh, because the fire of the Lord burnt among them. Better polish off my scotch here real quick. Mm. I recommend scotch while reading this stupid crappy Bible. It's the only way to get through it. The official drink of Thomas and the Bible podcast. That and water. I think that's most people's official drink, though, or one of. And he called the... No, I read that. And the mixed multitude that was among them fell a-lusting. And the children <laughs> fell a-lusting. Uh, they just... Uh, one day, it was, uh, I'm lusting. I just... I don't know. I feel, I feel lusty right now. And the children of Israel also wept again and said, Who, who shall give us flesh to eat? And uh, we, rem- we remember the fish which we did eat in Egypt freely, the cucumbers and the melons and the leeks and the onions and the garlic. And pretty sure that only one of those things, the fish, is actually flesh. Like what? The rest is not really like cucumber flesh. 
or melon fly. No. But now our soul is dried away. There is nothing at all besides this manna before our eyes. And if you remember, the manna was the weird, like, wet, like, bread food he just made. But he, but I mean, he gave him an infinite supply of it, but I suppose eventually you get tired of that kind of thing. And the manna was as coriander seed, and the color thereof as the color of bdellium. B-D-E-L-L. Bdellium. 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 If there, if it's supposed to be like bdellium or bdellium or something, there should just be an e, right? I mean, do really, what does bd do for you? Is that, does that help somehow? Like bdellium, bdellium. Like you have to try to say the b and the d at the same time. Bdellium, bdellium. No, can't do it. And the people went about and gathered it and ground it in mills or beat it in a mortar or baked it in pans and made cakes of it. And the taste of it was as the taste of fresh oil. Mmm, mm, yummy. <laughs> fresh oil. Tastes great. When the dew fell upon the camp in the night, the manna fell upon it. Then Moses heard the people weep throughout their families. Every man in the door of his tent and the anger of the Lord was kindled greatly. Moses also was displeased. Yeah, this time Moses said, Ah, man, all right, Lord, I, I take it back. Anyone you want, just if you want to go ahead and light anybody on fire, I'm, I've had it with these people. I, You were right to begin with. This is, this is freaking ridiculous. They're just, I mean, you give them an infinite source of food and they complain. I, and Moses said unto the Lord, Wherefore hast thou afflicted thy servant? And wherefore have I not found favor in thy sight, that thou layest the burden of all this people upon me? Have I conceived all this people? Have I begotten them, that thou shouldest say unto me, Carry them in my bosom, in thy bosom, as a nursing father beareth the sucking child? Oh, the father used to nurse the children back then. That's interesting. Unto the land which thou swearest unto their fathers. When should I have flesh to give unto all this people? For they weep unto me, saying, Give us flesh that we may eat. I am not able to bear all this people alone, because it is too heavy for me. And if thou deal thus with me, kill me, I pray thee, out of hand, if I have found favor in thy sight, and let me not see my wretchedness. Man, those must have been some whiny people, because Moses there is literally telling God to kill him rather than have him take care of them for another minute. He's just like, I can't take God, just kill me, kill me, kill me now, kill me now. Like He really says that. Uh, I bet this must have been annoying for the Lord, though, who's been providing them with infinity food every single evening or whatever it was at a precise time. Like, I guess, I you know, looking back, the Lord could have just made humans so that they wouldn't get tired of eating the same thing every day. I mean, I guess I suppose he could have done that. Or he could get really mad when they do exactly what he created them to do. One or the other. One or the other. And the Lord said unto Moses, Gather unto me seventy men. After hearing this long tirade, I'm sure, of, of Moses's, uh, where he's saying, Kill me! Ah, oh, just kill me! The Lord says, All right. Gather unto me seventy men of the elders of Israel, whom thou knowest to be, the elders of the people, and officers over them, and bring them unto the tabernacle of the congregation, that they may stand there with thee. Moses said, Uh, okay, but then are you going to kill me or what? Can we just do, why can we just do that? Why do I have to do this first? Do, just kill me. I, 
and I will come down and talk with thee there. This is God continuing. And I will take out, uh, sorry, I will take of the spirit which is upon thee and will put it in them, uh, put it upon them. Yeah, I can't read right now. And they shall bear the burden of it, of the people with thee, that thou bear it not thyself alone. And, uh, and say thou unto the people, Sanctify yourselves against tomorrow, and ye shall eat flesh. For ye have wept in the ears of the Lord, saying, Who shall give us flesh to eat? For it was well with us in Egypt. Therefore the Lord will give you flesh. And I have to go to the other source to find out what he says next, because for some reason it's not in this uh, thing here. And wait to find out what, what he said and what what verse were we on and we're in verse 18 and ye shall eat that's what it was <clears throat> let me reread that uh, for it was well with us in Egypt therefore the Lord will give you flesh and ye shall eat ye shall not eat one day nor two days nor five days nor ten days nor twenty days but half a day now but even a whole month until it come out at your nostrils, and it be loathsome unto you, because that ye have despised the Lord which is among you, and have wept before him, saying, Why came we forth out of Egypt? And God's getting a little bitchy here. But the people must have been thinking, What, is he going to force it down our throats or something? I mean, if he just gives us a crap load of food, we'll just save some of it. I mean, what, how is he threatening us with too much food? I, I don't get that. And Moses said, The people among whom I am are six hundred thousand footmen, and thou hast said, I will give them flesh that they may eat a whole month. Shall the flocks and the herds be slain for them to su suffice them? Or shall all the fish of the sea be gathered together for them to suffice them? And at this point, it's clear that Moses is actually retarded, because how, <laughs> how obviously fake is this? Um, it's Moses is like, but, but it's from like a really bad movie. He just, but how will an all powerful God feed 600,000 people? Are we, are we going to have to kill our whole herd or catch every fish that lives in the sea? And, and, uh, this is God we're talking about, by the way. And the Lord said unto Moses, is the Lord's hand waxed short or waxed poetic? Thou shalt see now whether my word shall come to pass under thee or not. And I'm glad here the Lord, you know, treated Moses as stupidly as I did, pretty much. He's like, what? I Am I not the, am I not God? How are you asking how I'm going to feed these people? Like, I'm God. I will do something. How, have you not seen me perform 80,000 miracles uh, before? He didn't say all that, but that's what he was thinking. That was the subtext uh, uh, behind what he said. And Moses went out and told the people the words of the Lord and gathered the 70 men of the elders of the people and sat them around the tabernacle. And the Lord came down in a cloud and spake unto him and took the spirit of that, uh, that was upon him uh, and gave it unto the 70 elders. And it came to pass that when the spirit rested upon them, they prophesied and did not cease. They just, no matter how much you try to get them to shut up, they just kept prophesying, prophesizing, prophesying. And there, but there remained two of the men in the camp. The name of the one was Eldad, and the name of the other was Meded. 
and the spirit rested upon them because it was tired and they were of them that were written but went not out into the tabernacle and they prophesied in the turn the page go to another website find out what it says I might have to find a new source because it, it's never used to do this but now it is uh, but went not into the tabernacle uh, and they prophesied in the camp that's it one word one more word would have been fine and there ran a young man and told Moses and said, Eldad and Medad do prophecy in the camp. Oh, it is like he's the tattletale. Eldad, hey, Eldad and Medad, they're prophesying in the camp without you guys. They're prophesying separately. And Joshua, the son of Nun, the servant of Moses, one of his young men, answered and said, My Lord Moses, forbid them. And Moses said unto him, Envious thou for my sake? Would God that all the Lord's people were prophets? and that the Lord would put his spirit upon them. And Moses got him into the camp, he and the elders of Israel. And there went forth a wind from the Lord and brought quails from the sea. Well, okay, hold on, before I get to that, I guess what just happened was, so so Moses was supposed to bring 70 people to come get the spirit of God because he couldn't handle it because he's a little whiny baby. And... I guess two of the 70, for some reason, didn't go. They're, they were just like, ah, I don't want to get on board. I'm watching the game, doing something. And then, but the spirit still went in them somehow. And so they were prophesying separately, which I guess is bad. I, for some reason, not clear on that. And uh, and then someone tattletales, hey, Moses, they're prophesying separately. And, uh, and, uh, Moses pretty much said, well, I don't care. Why, why does that matter? I wish everybody could prophesy because likely he said that because his job would be a whole lot easier because his job is pretty much to uh, stop their bitching and pray to the Lord that he doesn't burn them to death. So if they all were were, were uh, prophets, then psh, easy. <clears throat> and there went forth a wind from the Lord and brought quails from the sea and let them fall by the camp as it were a day's journey on this side and as it were a day's journey on the other side round about the camp and as it were two cubits high uh, other website high uh, high upon the face of the earth so just a huge ass pile of quail. And Moses said, oh, I, how did you do that? I thought that we'd have to slaughter our old cattle and catch every fish in the sea. Idiot. And the people stood up that all that day and all that night and all the next day, and they gathered the quails. He that gathered least gathered ten homers, and they spread them all abroad for themselves round about the camp. And while the flesh was yet between their teeth, ere it was chewed, the wrath of the Lord was kindled against the people, and the Lord smote the people with a very great plague. And he called the name of that place Kibro Hatava, because they were, he called that to himself, I guess. I don't know who, who's calling, like if the Lord, did he say, I call this place Kibro Hatava. Anyway, because there they buried the people that lusted. And the people journeyed from Kibrahatzavah unto Hazaroth and abode at Hazaroth. Huh. So whose fault is it 
that these people got really sick of eating the same thing over and over. So you send a bunch of delicious food to people who've been stuck with the same shit for years. And when they eat it, you're mad at them? Like, who? Also, who didn't eat it, I wonder? And how did they know not to eat it? Did pretty much you just kill everybody? Or did somehow some people be like, nah, I just don't like quail or something? You know, like, how how did that work? Chapter 12. And Miriam... And Aaron spoke against Moses because of the Ethiopian woman whom he had married. For he had married an Ethiopian woman. (laughs) And I I love when God really, really simplifies it for us. Because I I didn't understand that that sentence, but that second clause really cleared it up. Because if you read the, the first clause, And Miriam and Aaron spoke against Moses because of the Ethiopian woman whom he had married. Yeah, how do you know what's going on? That makes no sense. But then when it says... Uh, for he had married an Ethiopian woman, then it all makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they said, Hath the Lord indeed spoken only by Moses? Hath he not spoken also by us? And the Lord heard it. Now the man Moses was very meek, above all the men which were upon the face of the earth. Now this this verse I just read was just a parenthesis, like it was in parentheses, verse 3. And I'd, <laughs> I'd like to think that maybe God was dictating this whole book to Moses. And he's reading, oh, and, uh, you know what, Moses? Uh, actually, why don't you just take five real quick? I'm just going to do some writing here myself. Um, just give your give your hand a rest. Uh, just just one little verse here. And I'd like to ask you not to read it after I'm done. Uh, and then he wrote, uh, <clears throat> P.S., everybody who's reading this. Uh, keep in mind that Moses was very meek and above all. All the men which were upon the face of the earth. And they, oh, okay, Moses, uh, I'm done. Now if you just uh, continue where you left off there. And the Lord spake suddenly unto Moses and unto Aaron and unto Miriam, Come out ye three unto the tabernacle of the congregation. And they three came out. And the Lord came down in the pillar of the cloud and stood in the door of the tabernacle and called Aaron and Miriam. And they both came forth. And he said, Hear now my words. If there be a prophet among you, I, the Lord, will make myself known unto him in a vision, and will speak unto him in a dream. My servant Moses is not so, who is faithful in all mine house. With him will I speak mouth to mouth. (laughs) They have a very special relationship. They speak mouth to mouth. Not mouth to ear. No, he speaks mouth to mouth. He literally speaks into his mouth. And not in dark speeches. And the similitude of the Lord shall he behold. Wherefore then were not ye not afraid to speak against my servant Moses? And the anger of the Lord was kindled against them, and he departed. Wait, did I miss a response or something? What made him mad? So the God, so God was just talking, and then he was like, oh, uh, "Damn it, I'm getting mad again just talking about this." Uh, I can't stand it. You know, like that's that's what kind of person he is. He's like, I need to go count to ten. I'll be right back. And the cloud departed from off the tabernacle, and behold, Miriam became leprous, white as snow. And Aaron looked upon Miriam, and behold, she was leprous. Yeah, I wasn't joking. She was, uh, she was leprous. Now I wonder why didn't why didn't Aaron become leprous? Is there maybe some sexism going on here? 
you know, because he, they both spoke against Moses, but then God's like, ah, oh, look at this woman. Anyway, and Aaron said unto Moses, Alas, my Lord, I beseech thee, lay not the sin upon us, wherein we have done foolishly and wherein we have sinned. Let her not be as one dead, of whom the flesh is half consumed when he cometh out of his mother's womb. Ugh. And Moses cried unto the Lord, saying, Heal her now, O God, I beseech thee. And the Lord said unto Moses, If her father had but spit in her face, should she not be ashamed seven days? Moses said, huh? Yeah, I guess that's true. If her father spit in her face, she should be ashamed seven days. Yeah, duh, okay. Go on. Let her be shut out from the camp seven days, and after that let her be received in again. Hmm, okay, that makes sense. I mean, still doesn't make sense uh, that he didn't do anything to Aaron, but okay. Basically, God's just saying, look, let me just, uh, would you at least let me humiliate her a little bit first before you just let her back in? And Miriam was shut out from the camp seven days, and it was the nicest seven days the whole camp ever had. And the people journeyed not till Miriam was brought in again. And afterward, the people removed from Hezeroth and pitched in the wilderness of Paran. Paran. Juan Paran. Ah, chapter 13 is a sucky one, but let's, uh, let's read it. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Send thou men, that they may search in the land of Canaan, which I give unto the children of Israel. Of every tribe of their fathers shall ye send a man, uh, send a man every one a ruler among them. And Moses, by the commandment of the Lord, sent them from the wilderness of Paran. All those men were heads of the children of Israel. And these were the names of the... Tri God. And these were the names. You have got to be kidding me. That is... That is just the... When I read that, I just... My heart just die. I just... A little bit of me just dies inside when I know that what's coming up is a list of names. Of the tribe of Simeon Shephat, the son of Hori, of the tribe of Judah, Caleb, the son of Shephat, the tribe of Iskar, Israel, the son of Joseph, the tribe of Ephraim, Moshe, the son of Nun, the tribe of Benjamin, Betty, the son of Raphu, of the tribe of Zebulun, Gadda, the son of Sodi, of the tribe of Joseph, namely the tribe of Manasseh, Gadda, the son of Sushi, of the tribe of Daniel, the son of Gamaliel, of the tribe of Asher, Sether, the son of Michael, of the tribe of Nephti, Nebuchadnezzar, the son of Hashi, of the tribe of Gad, Go, the son of Machi. These are the names of the men which Moses sent out to spy the land. And Moses called Oshia. Or Osha, one or the other. I don't know if he called Osha the organization or or Oshia, the son of Nun Jehosha. One or the other. <clears throat> Whoever's phone wasn't busy, I suppose. And Moses sent them to spy out the land of Canaan and said unto them, Get you up this way southward and go up into the mountain. I felt like saying mountain. Yeah, so Moses is sending spies here to see if all the people who currently live in Canaan are aware that the Lord has just given it to the Jews. Like, just wants to check, uh, uh, make sure they, uh, you know, he, he comes, spies come by and everyone, Canaan says, Oh, you're here. Hey, everyone, the spies are here, uh, from, from the Jews. Yeah, we were just, we were just, uh, keeping this land warm for you. Uh, we heard that God gave it to you, so we'll be on our way. Um, hey everyone, we're, we're out now, we're moving out, we're, uh, the, the people who, who's, who own this land that we've been on for, for, uh, hundreds of years, uh, that we, we found ourselves, uh, yeah, like I said the other day, um, memo went out from God that we don't actually own this land that we've lived on for hundreds of years, so if you could all just, just move out, uh, orderly fashion, we'll be on our way, save any bloodshed, and, uh, thank you. 
and see the land, what it is, and the people that dwell therein, whether they be strong or weak, few or many. And why would that matter if they were strong, weak, few, or many? If there's a billion or one, why would that matter? God, who is in charge of everything, just gave you the land. What? What? Why would it matter who's there? It doesn't matter. That should not be part of this book. And what the land is that they dwell in, whether it be good or bad, and what cities they be that dwell in, and whether in tents or in strongholds. <clears throat> I think this is Moses saying this. Uh, and what the land is, whether it be fat or lean, whether there be wood therein or not, and whether ye be of good courage and bring the fruit of the land. Now the time was the time of the first ripe grapes. So they went up and searched in the land from the wilderness of Zin under Rehob uh, as men come to Hamath. <coughs> and they ascended by the south and came unto Hebron, where Ahimans, Sheshi, and Talmai, the children of Anak, were. Uh, parenthesis here. Now Hebron was built seven years before Zone in Egypt. Just so you know. In parenthesis. Just between you and I. And they came unto the brook of Eshkal and cut down from thence a branch with one cluster of grapes and they bear it between two upon a staff and they brought it uh, and they brought of the pomegranates and of the figs. The place was called the brook Eshkol because of the cluster of grapes which the children of Israel cut down from thence. And they returned from searching of the land after forty days. And they went and came to Moses and to Aaron and to the, all the congregation of the children of Israel unto the wilderness of Paran to Kadesh and brought back word unto them and all the congregation and shewed them the fruit of the land. And couldn't Moses have just asked God for like a report on this or something, like a printout? Did he really have to, uh, I mean, they, they were going to get the info anyway, couldn't God have just told him? Yeah, I mean, he should know. Just, hey, uh, Moses, just to save you guys a couple trips here. Uh, this is there, this is there, this part of the land is, you know, like, whatever. And they told him and said, We came unto the land whither thou sentest us, and surely it floweth with milk and honey, and this is the fruit of it. Nevertheless, the people be strong that dwell in the land, and the cities are walled and very great. And moreover, we saw the children of Anak there, and you all know what that means. The Amalekites dwell in the land of the south, and the Hittites and the Jebusites and the Amorites dwell in the mountains, and the Canaanites dwell by the sea and by the coast of Jordan. And Caleb stilled the people before Moses and said, Let us go up at once and possess it, for we are well able to overcome it. But the men that went up with him said, We be not able to go up against the people, for they are stronger than we. What? I thought gave, uh, God gave them this land. I don't understand what the problem is. Can't, he just, can't God just go inform them that they need to leave? Why is there all this talk of how big the people are? It doesn't matter. It shouldn't matter at all. And they brought up an evil report of the land which they had searched under the children of Israel, saying, The land through which we have gone to search is a land that eateth up the inhabitants thereof, and all the people that we saw in it are mean. And there we saw giants, the sons of Anak, which come of the giants, and we were in our own sight as grasshoppers, and so we were in their sight. Uh-oh, that's the end of the book. This one's a cliffhanger. Guess you'll have to tune in next time to find out how they defeat these mythical giants. I wonder if... Perhaps God will have anything to do with it. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. 
Uh, yeah, so that's the end of this reading. Ah, thanks as always for listening. And once again, if you'd be so kind as to post a review, uh, that'd be great. And thanks for listening again. Thanks for listening. Thanks for li- Oh, did I already say that? I already said that. All right, I'm out of here. See you guys next time.